from Magpie 24 7. It's time for the NE1 for Bacon Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Thompson and Paul Rudder. By fans, for fans. How's the bacon, did you say? What's happening, everyone? It's Kyle for the NE1 for Bacon Podcast. And Newcastle picked up all three points against Everton. Now, this was a bit of a shock. Um, for me, Paul, and probably all of you as well. Um, I wasn't expecting it to be Everton, even though they didn't have the, even though they had a couple of players out. I still think they'd be able to dispatch were quite well. But yeah, you <laughs> you, you, you basically game, Paul. <laughs> you basically <laughs> thought that the under 11s or the over sixty five teams could give us a game when it came to Everton, <laughs> didn't you? And you weren't you weren't the only one who thought that. Um, literally every man and their dog that I've spoken to and talked about had zero confidence going into this game against a good evidence side who have been fighting at the top of the table, have looked really, really good. Uh, And I think we were all just grateful for the fact that they've got five or six top quality, top draw players uh, missing today. But uh, yes, we're we're very relieved after that one, after the the battle of the, uh, the Jurassic, the Jurassic ages, wasn't it? It was the (laughs) Brucesaurus versus (laughs) the Pickford, uh, the uh, Rex, wasn't it? But uh, just over the moon, absolutely over the moon. First and foremost, that Newcastle have, have managed, um, you know, to win. Exactly. Well, it it's going to be a positive one because the last couple it's been like uh, moans and groans and a bit a bit shouty here and there and a bit angry. But, but I'm in a good mood tonight. Um, Newcastle picked up all three points after. What has been a shit week? Um, it's been I've had my head buried in uni work. Paul's been moving house. Um, the lockdown was announced and all this shit. Uh, so for Newcastle to pick up three points, um, was very much needed this week. It's been a nice little boost. So I'm in a I'm in a cracking mood. Uh, Callum Wilson has saved my weekend, and Jordan Pickford being miserable on the cold bench at St James's Park is uh, also made us quite happy because um it's it's also made the, the all the meme generators and stuff like that probably very very happy as well because it's given them some new content he's just a gift that keeps on giving that lad isn't he uh, <laughs> you know see him there from an absolute paddy at the side uh side of the pitch was the, just the absolute cherry on the cake it was the cherry on the cake, uh, cake on what has been a fantastic day after the like you said, we, we've had a, a rough couple of days, lockdown again, you know, all of that uh, sort of stuff. Bruce slagging fans off, um, all the negatives the, that we sort of had and the, the fear going into this match, all just released by Newcastle, uh, playing better and getting, of course, the, the, the victory. But yeah, seeing Pickford throw his little paddy at the side. Uh, just imagine if you could have been inside the stadium, you would have literally... Oh, it would have been perfect. It would have been fantastic egging that up and just literally taking the piss out of him. But his record... He would have been offering fans outside again, like you did the last time when we came back from 2 and out down to beat them 3-2. Because uh, he was walking towards the tunnel and he was keep shaking his head, like offering the ladder was taking his fingers up with outside. He's such a child. He doesn't, but... he doesn't bat for that side, man. That's the only thing he'd <laughs> offer you outside for. It, it it certainly wouldn't be for <laughs> wouldn't be for a fight. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> you're probably offering them outside for something else, uh, and nudge nudge and wink wink and all that sort of thing. But uh, uh it's it's great. It, it's you know, it, football. It's all about the stories and the sub stories and stuff like that. And it's 
the heroes and the pantomime villains. And he's definitely the pantomime villain when it comes to Newcastle. And I just don't think the way that he um, he does his business, I don't think it does him any favours at all. And I think it's a distraction probably for his teammates. And it's a side circus that doesn't need to be there. But it goes to show you that you can get under the skin of certain players and it can affect uh, the result. Even Newcastle fans not being in there, uh, and it's still the surroundings, and you know, and everything else like that got under his under his skin, and it's just it's just brilliant. I mean, it's not December quite yet, and I know a lot of the pantos are being cancelled, but yeah, he was the absolute pantomime villain of the piece, and uh, and yeah, as really, really the hero <laughs> usually wins, and the villain usually is the one that gets shown up, and uh, in true to form fashion, the pantomime villain does indeed get shown up, but our team today looks. Pretty interesting, actually, Paul. It looks like Steve Bruce has he kept the same formation for two games in a row, which has shown consistency in keeping the same formation, which is great. I mean, when he since he said work in progress, we've had two two different formations, um, but we seem to have struck a chord with this five-two-three formation. Um, funny that that's the exact formation Rafa used towards the end of the of his last season at the club, but. Why reinvent the wheel, mate? Why reinvent the bloody wheel? There was an excuse lined up if uh, Newcastle got beat the day by Brucey. I just know. Rafa's fault. Rafa's fault. That Spanish weird bastard. Oh, yes. Uh, You can imagine he would have definitely come out with that one had the result not gone uh, right. You know, he'll slag off the fans. He'd throw his own granny under the bus, Steve Bruce. His own (laughs) granny under the bus if it meant saving his own neck. Um... But yeah, surprisingly, a formation that worked very well for us um, under Rafa, a play, a formation that the players are used to, and have shown that they can uh, work in the majority of them, obviously, who were there under Bruce. Uh, and all of a sudden, it's you know like we've gone back in time. You know, um, it it was I wouldn't say a tactical masterclass by Bruce because I think he's incapable of that, but. It was just a stroke of common sense genius, you know, to go back to something that has tried, tested, works, and the likes of Lascelles and Shah and Fernandez uh, and the likes feel comfortable with. Uh, and then it, it, it just allowed the strengths of some of the other players to be able to be utilised in the, in the correct way. And it probably as well, maybe through a spanner in the Everton works, because maybe they weren't expecting it. Maybe they expected us reverting back to previous type, being at home. Yeah. Been expected to, to be more of the um, you know the dominating factor and stuff like that, but uh, yeah, it did it brought a spanner in the work and it, it worked really really well. So yeah, Bruce Bruce gives uh, Rafa no praise when it goes well, but if it goes badly, <laughs> oh yeah, he'll sing that Spaniard under the bus or whatever uh, the equivalent is in China. At one hundred percent, I mean. Looking through the team sheet, I thought Murphy deserved to start. He was brilliant against Wolves. Fantastic again, but I will come on to him later on in the podcast. Yeah. Uh, the back three of Cher, uh, Lascelles and Fernandez. I think that's a, a brilliant uh, back three, as proven again today. Darlow and goal, of course. Jamal Lewis at left wing back with more freedom to go forward. I think that was a great idea again. Um, long staff in the midfield with Hendrick. Um We'll probably talk a bit more in depth about them because we we're speaking before the show about how good they were together. And then obviously Wilson, um, Almiron and, and Maxi making the front three. But M- Miggy looked like he was coming a bit more central towards more of the time, as was um as was Maxi as well. But um 
Yeah, the, yeah, the, the, first, half, the first half didn't really come to much. I think first half we were press, pressing them quite high. We played, we, we played. It was it was strange because we usually sit off teams and let them let them play, but this time we pressed high and we caused problems. Um, I want to talk about actually. We'll talk. We'll talk about the midfield situation now, mate, because I think the 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 first half is where it kind of showed showed most, and then the second half it will kind of started overpowering them in the midfield. But I thought Sean and um and Hendrick in the centre together really worked well. Um, well, well, Shelby was with especially Sean. I um in the when Shelby was playing in the centre, going forward everything has to go through him, and then going backwards defensively, he offers literally nothing. Um, which obviously we all know, listening and talking or whatever it may be, we all know Shelby has that bit of quality. He does. He has that. He, he's a fantastic midfielder on his day. But when does he have them days, Paul? For me, he's yeah. a one in five. He's he's very he's like the player version of Steve Bruce. Like there's a one in five there. And for for me, if you against the cost, you're not gonna see much of the ball you want to counter-attack on the you want to play counter-attacking football get the ball to your wingers as soon as possible i don't think shelby's your man i really don't i think shelby's one of them no. players he's like a luxury player if you phone up you bring him on he sprays a couple of passes and the, and the crowd goes Woo! yeah he's one of them he, he would look he would look great in, in a team that has lots of uh, possession where he doesn't have to track back um, you know, like a Liverpool side or something like that, where you can literally just be taking longer shots and spraying the Hollywood balls about. But the trouble is, if you need a, sh- a shift, if you want somebody to get a sweat on, break sweat, uh, and uh, you know, try and step it up a gear or two, then Shel- Shelby isn't your man. He hasn't got the mobility. And today, seeing Sean Longstaff in particular in, uh, you saw the benefit of a little bit of mobility, a bit, an ability to be able to move across the park, to be able to react to what is the developing game situation. I thought Sean was absolutely and utterly uh, mint. You know, I've said before, I, I see him personally as a number 10. Uh, I think if he, was, if he was played as a number 10, I think he would get you uh, as close to around about double figures. I think he's capable of um, scoring on, on a quite regular basis further up the park, but he can do a job further back. Um, I still think, personally for me, uh, I, I think we missed uh, Hayden. I think he's the sort of person who will put a foot in a little bit more. But I'm not saying that Hendrick did a terrible job. He certainly was better than what he's been uh, recently, where he's he's fluctuated, but he's played left, he's played here, he's played there, he's played bloody everywhere, barring probably goal. Yeah. Um. So you know, drop him into uh, another you know situation. I thought the two of them gelled and worked quite well. Uh, I think, I think the first half developed, and, and seeing Sean, I think the rest of the players sort of gained a little bit of confidence going into the second half, and we were able to say, look, we can do this, we can step it up. We're not as bad as the shit that's gone on has led us to believe. I mean, during a part of the first half, I, I, I was saying on Twitter, it's a little bit like occasionally stepping on bits of Lego. There was bits I was like, oh, yeah, bugger. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, but yeah. compared to recently, they were trying. They were trying. They were getting balls forward. Um, they were trying to work little uh, bits of avenues and space and trying to work maybe the odd ball in between uh, full-backs, centre-backs, trying to stretch players, make and create a little bit of space. They've got one or two chances as well, which in previous games we've been looking for getting one or two chances per game, and that's been a major gripe of everybody, that we create so few chances. But there were positive signs. There were little green shoots here, there and everywhere. 
And I think uh, it was epitomised by the likes of Miggy Almiron and Sean Longstaff in particular, um, and Murphy also, I must must admit, that yeah. you know things could be better than what we first hoped for. And I think it was just a case of a little, gaining a little bit of self-belief against one of these so-called bigger teams in the league. Um, and then once they did that, and once they started playing, and they started one or two of these little forward balls, and these balls, you know, trying, trying to play like for the corners and stuff like that, once they started to come off, of a place for, oh, yeah, well, we can do this. And we don't have to step back so much. I know the possession stats were pretty pathetic throughout the game, but again, they were still better than what they were before. And that's what we're asking for. We don't ask for much as Newcastle fans, mate, but a little bit of progression. Can you show us something better than what you did last week? And today, they certainly, certainly did that. Um, and I think we nullified, uh, you know, evident. You could say, again, with the possession, did we more look like the away side and they look like the home side? You can argue that, you know, uh, all, all you want type thing. But uh, certainly... Going into the second half, I felt a lot more relaxed and at ease with things than what I did prior to the game kicking off because I was absolutely shitting bricks, mate. Uh, not Lego bricks, by the way, as well. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you're right. I mean, the first half was a bit dreary. We we still had the better of the opportunities. So I know Everton had yeah. a little bit more ball and stuff, but we had a good ball over the top from Fabian Shea. And I think if uh, Van Dyke had done it, God rest his soul, by the way, because uh, the Everton, oh. no, sorry, the, the, the way the Liverpool fans have went on to his injury, um, it's kind, it's in kind of pathetic. But, uh, <laughs> but um, no, no, in all seriousness, if if if, if, Cher, if Van Dijk had done what Cher did for a pass, it would have been on repeat on Sky Sports for the next 25 years. But uh, no, I digress. Best game, best game back, mate. I'll just say Cher, yeah, yeah, best game back in many, many months. I, I love Fabian Cher. I think he's he's a fantastically talented uh, defender. I also think that about Florian Lejeune, you know that. Uh, yeah. But I just thought today... He just stepped it up, whether it's the fact he's had a few matches, he's getting some fitness, some form, some confidence. Uh, he's playing injury-free, uh, which hopefully Shelby benefits from when he comes back after this injury. But because uh, I know, he, obviously, he's been carrying a knock recently. Uh, but Cher today, it was it was great to see the old uh, Cher back. And again, he's capable of those Hollywood balls. Do we really need him and John Joe Shelby spraying them about? What one surely is enough, and today, well, even, 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 Fernandez, even Fernandez was playing the long ball 20 pass, um, kind of ball switching the play. He did that five or six times, and he only missed it once. Do you know what I mean? So, we've proven today we can't play decent football on the counter attack. So, yeah, and I think Fabian Cher was a was one of the best performers today with that with that wing back system. Um, it's proven it can work. I don't think it's that fans are against the wing-back system completely. It's just when we've used it in the past, we've had a severe lack of plan. It's just a sit-back formation. But today, we actually took the game to Everton in bits on the counter-attack and showed an intent to win. And I think if you, if we show an intent to win most weeks, or every week, then you know then the, the wing-back formation will be popular. I mean, it's won That's teams' titles in the past. I'm not. I'm not saying for a second we're capable of winning the title because we're not. But it could get. It could help exceed expectations this season. Um, instead of instead of being limited to just staying up or just floating along or just being one of the numbers in the league. But um, yeah, Fabian Cher was brilliant today. I thought. I thought the back three were as a collective. Uh, the only time 
Everton looked thre- threatening was when they scored uh, with the deflected Jamal Lewis um, yeah. cross or whatever it was. But the the only concerns I had from the first half, mate, was um, was Maximin because he because uh, Andre Gomez went right into him and um, again again uh, 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 Hitchcliffe, this commentator, mate. For years, obviously, I've watched. I'm only 23. Um, I've listened to, New, I've listened to Newcastle Sky Sports and whatnot. Many a great commentators, obviously, Mick Lowe's, you know, all these commentators down down the years. And when I was growing up, there was always two commentators. Well, there was always one commentator I didn't like, and that was Andy Gray because he used to always slate Newcastle. This Andrew Hitchcliffe yeah. is is on par with Andy Gray. He's such a bell end, Paul. He's such an absolute an arsehole um, by the way he will not be a guest on this podcast at any given stage you're not welcome on you horrible bastard but <laughs> uh, honestly mate he, 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 like, he, there's he a few of them um, about actually on, <laughs> there is mate there is but uh, he's such he's such a bastard all game was ooh Everton ooh Everton it's like my god just get out the arse and he was constantly downplaying Newcastle. Um, when he was going on about the penalty and stuff, we'll go on about that later with the penalty. Saying um, Wilson Wilson dived and all this shit, and it's like he hasn't got a clue. He really doesn't mate, have an idea how to commentate. Mate, the, the the state of the pundits and stuff like that at the moment is, is as worse as I've ever 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 seen it. You're totally right. Andy Gray, he started it off with the old wank sock for Manchester United. And we all remember when Sky were trying to buy Manchester United and all this sort of uh, kitten caboodle. You've then got... Um, the trouble is, it's all mates of mates. And it yeah. just highlights it because Newcastle get a, a pasting of the commentators all of the time. They don't like it. Just like the Premier League uh, don't like us. Um, and it's the old adage, that old banner. You know, we Newcastle United, nobody likes us. Nobody likes us these days. Um and you know the the, the thing us being Newcastle, we're not allowed to have um, grievances, opinions, or nothing. They like to be able to control the agenda and everything. And um, yeah, it, it's it's absolutely and utterly shit. And it was something I talked about uh, with Mick Laws about. Um, and even he says the quality these days is just. It's like Magnolia compared to, you know, before back in the day, even not so not so long ago, you had literally people who weren't scared to have opinions. But now, with the culture culture the way it is, people are so so uh, timid. But they still let their little personal grievances get there. They're not balanced. They don't try and balance it out. Uh, nobody's in the ear saying, you know, you, you've been slagging Newcastle off for the past ten minutes. Give up a little bit. None of that. Um, but. Were you sure? Something you just touched on, though, the treatment of ASM. Again, another week goes by and another absolute just torrid. And I know the thing is, if you're playing up against him, you're going to think, you are going to think, I'm going to put do a number on that lad uh, because he is our danger man. There's no doubt about it when he's played in a better place. Now, I think we'll touch on ASM shortly. But um, once again, referees just allowing people just to assault him on the pitch. And that needs to be. Uh, got that because you want the flair players. Yeah. yeah, he needs protection because at the end of the day, the Premier League, it's not as good with, without any fans. Uh, I've, I've said it uh, since this project restart. I think it's been it's dropped by 25, 30 percent 
in terms of quality and pace and, and everything else like that, in my opinion. Uh, you want your flair players to be uh, heavily as involved as possible. But when every time they get the ball, people are just literally jumping in to, to do them. Um, you know, he's constantly picking up uh, knocks and aches and strains and impact injuries and stuff like that. It's just disgusting. But do the commentators talk about that? No, no, they don't. So, again, it's just this little poisoned agenda. It's this little um, club that they've got uh, going together. And, and and to be honest, like you said, people like Mick Laws, I remember growing up, I had so much admiration for him, and I'll refer to him as the voice of Newcastle United. And again, strong, he's just a strong uh, opinion of the man. But at the same time, he was Newcastle biased, but he'd always try and balance it out and give you insight that maybe you're not thinking about. There's none of that these days. The commentators on Sky are garbage, uh, very much like the referees. And the referees need to do more to be able to protect the likes of, uh, you know, your Alan St. Maximums, uh, you know, of, of the world. Because again, it's, it's entertainment, and this is my gripe I've got with Bruce. I'm a gripe with referees. Protect the flair players, and let's 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 be enjoyed. Let's be entertained by watching this football. It's not all about just getting through the games and the results. It is about the entertainment that's on show. Yeah, one hundred percent. Well, I think I think we're like I got side I got sidetracked from my point with Maxim, and uh, he obviously took a oh. clipping off uh, Andre Gomez towards the end of the hall, oh, I... and. Um, the that's the widest he was all half. That's like I don't know what it is, but Bruce has this fetish at the minute for playing him central and it's not working. Um I, in the last game against Wolves, he was so ineffective. And uh, on this uh, like today against um Everton, it's not often Newcastle win a game of football without Alan St. Maximum being the the focal point of the team. And Maximum wasn't at all threatening today. Um, and I think this is because of where he is on the field. He's playing very central. Like, I know it might look like he's playing on the wing uh, with the formation stuff being a 5-2-3, but he's playing very central. It's like he's playing just off Wilson in the centre. And I think for me, you get the best out of St. Maximin playing as a winger. If you want to play someone in the middle just off the striker, play Miggy because he can run in, he can help the midfield defensively and he can bust a gut to get forward as well and press the, I, I can the back lane. Mm, I, I can see why the thing and I, I, from my point of view I've said on the, the past uh, couple of uh, podcasts that the gap between Callum Wilson and at sometimes ASM has been like Callum Wilson being on the centre spot at St James's Park and uh, ASM being south side of the Tyne Tunnel it's been that far so I think the thinking about it, it is is to get a little bit more support to Callum Wilson a little bit more quickly and to get ASM up there but he's like we've said off, you know, off, um, you know, off, off recording. At the end of the day, I personally think he is better coming in from the the wing with his tricks and his flicks and his flair and his pace because he wins your free kicks, he'll win your penalties, he'll, he'll win your corners, he'll score your goals, he'll get assists. When he's playing centrally and he's waiting for the ball to come up, because of the way that we set up and the the, the low possession stats that we that we get. He doesn't see enough of the ball. So you need to find somewhere in the system so that he sees enough of the ball to be able to to affect the game. So, um, you know, you could perhaps play him up top. if you, Again, if you were a Liverpool and he was getting the ball all the time just to his feet, but we're not, we're a million miles away from anything like that. 
So, uh, I mean, I said to you before the, the game, uh, there was a perfect example. Uh, Miguel Miron, he, he was on our on our goal line at one point um, and he took the ball and this is somebody who should be playing up the opposition end and he's that far deep. Uh, and, uh, you know, you can understand these frustrations, but playing centrally, you've got to stay. You've got to stay where you, you know, where you're told yeah. to stay. And with 37% possession, which was our possession stats today, that isn't going to give ASM enough time and minutes on the ball to to do his tricks, his flicks, and and to do all those fantastic things that he can bring bring uh, you know to, to the team. We need the team collectively to push further forward and have a little bit more confidence that yes, we can play a little bit of football. We are solid at the back. Push further up, close the gap between midfield and attack. Uh, let um, ASM maybe maybe further out on one of the sides. Uh, on one of the wings and letting go at it get get him the ball and if you get him the ball he's going to drive you up like Mickey does and he's going to create all sorts of problems for most defences in this Premier League if the referees give him the protection as well that he needs and that is that is critical and I'm surprised Bruce hasn't mentioned it uh, more often to be honest Well I think he should be mate especially with the kicking he's had this season he's one of the most foul players in the league for a reason but I think in terms of Maxman I think he's better out wide because uh, when, when he's played out wide it gives us a focal point on the wings and I think without him there we don't really have it um, Miggy's proven to be effective in the middle um, yeah with, with, a 10. With, with, with obviously um, Sean and, and Hendrick behind him as holding midfielders but um, he had one one good chance actually which I think the Everton goalkeeper saved well I can't remember his name Um I can't. It's not Jordan. It's not Jordan Pickford because he was sitting on the bench. But (laughs) But he's weaving arms. I can't remember remember the lad's name, but it was a cracking save. Alton. 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 Um, He was one on one and he spread himself well to save the shot. And I think Angelotti bringing in a goalkeeper uh, on loan is echoing the amount of mistakes that Pickford makes. And uh, I I don't see Pickford (laughs) holding on to the number one spot. I tell you what, whatever mistakes that lad makes, the biggest mistake was his parents on that fearful night having him in the first bloody place. He's the greatest advert for the fucking wank that anyone's seen. <laughs> Fuck off, Jordan Pickford, you mac and bastard. <laughs> well, well that, that, that's why I'm going to title this podcast, Share Up Jordan Pickford, not after the song. But, um, aye. So, um, <laughs> but uh, we're, we're going to the second half, mate, and like you say, at the top of the podcast, Newcastle improved massively. Uh, whatever yeah. you haven't four central midfielders in the midfield as a diamond they didn't have much width to challenge with uh, the only time they were getting wide is when Calvert-Lewin was going wide to pick up the ball but um, we managed to push on the second half and we're, we're pressing and pressing and we'll and we get we'll get the ball forward and we'll get a corner and uh, Andre Gomez kicks uh, Wilson at the corner um, apparently he died according to Hinchcliffe but very yeah, smart centre forward play from um, from Colin Wilson to draw the penalty in, because I, I wasn't expecting a penalty initially, and then I seen it back and I was like, "Oh, it's a penalty!" Because he just he just boots him there. He does. It's, just it's, it's, it's him on the back of the leg, doesn't he? It's definitely a penalty. <laughs> I know. I know Roy Keane, no ex Sunderland manager, uh, prawn sandwich brigade extraordinaire. Um, he was like, "Oh well, it's a pretty soft penalty." I mean, he used to stamp on people and kick people in the head for a living. Hey, so I tell you what, I tell you what, mate, it wasn't it wasn't soft when he took his dog for a walk. Or, walk? Or, <laughs> no, I think it's a word similar to walk. Yeah, I thought yeah, that yeah, a, yeah. a dirty bastard. 
I mean, yeah. But, <laughs> what did I he mean, do with his dog? <laughs> it's something about his dog. He's as bad as Keith I'm, Lard. <laughs> I'm going to have to put this podcast on explicit again, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, oh, right. Well, the thing is, if he just left his dog alone, then it wouldn't be down as anything explicit, exactly. would it? A dirty mm, bastard. I'm a PTA one, Colin. <laughs> but we'll get we'll get the penalty, and obviously Colin Wilson steps up, buries it in the bottom left hand corner, no problem at all. One 0 up Newcastle, and I was shouting at the telly at this point because I'm like, right, don't don't, don't sit back now because, because the amount of times Newcastle just sit back and let them let teams come onto them and they blow the lead, it, it's unbelievable. But we'll keep yeah. on going. Uh, some small substitutions were made. Uh, Maximin had to go off. I think I, I was surprised he came back out back onto the field at half time. But uh, we took Maximin off, and I think bringing him on for Fraser um, was a really good decision because Jamal Lewis, who didn't have the best games defensively today, but this ball to to Ryan Fraser over the top for the Beauty second one was absolutely beautiful uh, over the Expert top. Wilson Wilson draws uh, Yerry Mina in, who by actually I've I forgot to mention this till now. What a dirty bastard. He proper huh? snotted on uh, Wilson, you know, in the build up to the penalty. Proper snotting on him and that. Dirty bastard. Um, he was saying after, afterwards though, wasn't he? He was like I, I was giving it a bit back. Um just because of the, the dirty games that they were playing, just to trying to put you off. I just think that the, there's a line to draw. And I thought, correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought that anybody spitting or doing out like that. Involving, shall we say, bodily fluids, and we're not going back to the Roy Keane thing. But um, anybody with bodily fluids and doing out like that, I thought you'd get sent off with all this coronavirus and stuff like that. You dirty bastard! Do you know what I mean? It was uncalled for. It's unsporting. Uh, it but is, it... we, we expect that. We expect that. To be honest, out of all the clubs, and it never used to be like this. Um, but there's just something we're evident. You know, there really, really is something evident. But I was so glad he was so cool, calm, and allegedly he was he was gassing. They were gassing in his ears. You're going to go that way. I know you're going to go that way. And giving it this all big, all you know, uh, but oh, just to be able to step up, bang, back of the net, you know, coolest person uh, around. You want Callum Wilson on the pit uh, on the pitch for that, and he certainly he must have really enjoyed, especially. Scoring that penalty, but I, a dirty little bastard. Uh, he shushed him when he scored, like so. Fair play to Wilson on a really tidy finish. But the the second one again, being in the right place at the right time, another another one Newcastle wouldn't have scored last season because he's he just he's still in, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think he scored three or four this season, where it's just a case he's been in a poacher's position to score goals, which is fantastic because goal huh? the, the amount of times last season where we didn't have that striker to, to just put the ball in the net. I mean, it was a fantastic <coughs> ball from the yeah. <laughs> getting getting the ball from back to forth, uh, from the back of the field to the front of the field. Jamal Lewis, great ball to Fraser, draws Mina in with a run, runs around him, crosses the ball in, uh, back post, Colin Wilson. As, uh, the saying, uh, as Colin Wilson said in the fantasy video at the start of the season, uh, Ryan Wilson, Ryan Fraser equals goals and then walks off the screen. Um, and rightly so, because that's exactly what it is. Um, it's and... just that, that's like, it's like a psychic bond. It really is. He didn't even have to look, put it in an area, and I know that Callum Wilson will be will be attacking that, and he'll be trying to get uh, Gareth Southgate's attention. Uh, and it, it was such a satisfying goal, just because of like the teamwork. But that, that, that ball, 
to to set uh, to set Fraser away was just filthy. It was a beautiful one. Get it in, you know, behind the full backs, behind the centre backs. Get them in a bit of confusion, a state of uh, you know uh, panic, and and that he did. Beauty of a cross, great finish, right place, right time. Um, and boy, have we have we missed it. Keep that lad fit. Yeah, one hundred percent. He's got to stay fit, like because the alternatives. Is Andy Jolene. Carroll um, and Joel? Oh yeah, and, and I know Jolton's hitty missy buff up in hell. Uh, we'll kind of we'll kind of have Andy Carroll leading the line. God forbid, he's just non-mobile. But um, that's a different podcast in itself. But um, we'll go two and a up about what five minutes to go, and then they put six minutes at it on time. And I, I was saying at the telly at this point because it wasn't so long ago, Everton were two and a up at home with five or six minutes at a time. Yeah, I was getting myself. I was thinking, flipping hell, don't let this happen again. That mm. yeah, they only started that, playing, though, mate. They only started playing once we went two 0 up. They started to play a little bit of football. Before then, I don't think they played much football at all. For all this, you know, talk about oh, Everton fans, we're going to win the league or Champions League, <laughs> getting the wank socks out, and stuff like this. Uh, you know, they were all uh, full of that. I don't think they. Uh, you know, we play a, a certain type of anti-football at times before trying to get our foot into the game and stuff like that. We don't play champagne football, sexy football. Uh, we're not the entertainers anymore. Don't get me wrong. I'm no. not trying to say that we are. But for a team who have been talked up and have had such a special start of the season, they didn't start to play, mate, until until we... When we went 2-0 up, they were like, oh, shit. I just think they had an arrogance about them that they were going to turn up, beat be us comfortably. Yeah. comfortably, and then that was it. And then they thought, shit, we're 2-0 down. We're going to have to start playing. And uh, they certainly did um, cause a few bouts of uh, <laughs> stomach uh, trouble and headaches and stuff like that because they certainly did come back into it big time. Well, they did the score. Um, obviously, it was mm-hmm. a deflected cross from uh, from Jamal Lewis, but you you, you know it, it's one of them. Calvert Lewin always scores past Newcastle. He has for the last three seasons. I he scores past Newcastle, but. Yeah, I mean, it goes to 2-1. There's still five minutes left. I'm shitting my pants at this point. Um, I'm hoping we can hang on because I didn't want to repeat it the other way around because it would have just been tripping typical. But we managed to hang on. Bruce makes some smart substitutions and bringing Isaac Hayden and that on to tighten the, tighten the ship up. And uh, a couple of really important saves from uh, Carl Dahl towards the end as well. Didn't have much to do today. Again, we managed to stop the pepper fire that went towards him, and I think that was one thing you pos- uh, were positive about it when we played Wolves. There wasn't so many shots towards uh, Carl Darlow, and it was even protect less him, so yeah. the game. So we've managed to yeah. protect him again, but he's came he's came came out as the hero again because uh, the ball goes into the box, and it, it looks like a dangerous cross, but it looks like it's just going straight at him, and I didn't realise how close to the goal it actually was but he's forced to tip it over the bar um because i initially thought he should have caught it but i realized it was going it was way behind yeah. him and the height was just right to, to lob him but he uh, he managed to tip it over the bar and then the last bit which is something we've critiqued him for in the past paul in the season player ratings i think we did and um, where we, we yeah. went for each player to keep our cell because uh, we don't we don't really do player ratings on this but um the one critique we've had is um, he has problems commanding his area and, and, and catching the ball and stuff like that. 
in a big game situation like this, when Newcastle are really close to three points, the ball goes in, their goalkeeper's attacking it and everything, and he catches it and just then just kills the game dead. And that was the last play. That was the last play yeah. of the game. And that's that's what that's the one one place where I was saying maybe Darlo needs to massively improve. But, I think uh, yeah, yeah. Does. And uh, there was there was that other scary moment though as well. When uh, I think you talk about you touched on Andy Carroll and that. Uh, I know he didn't have many minutes, but he, he, what he did do was like literally like you were like shit, like say shit and bricks. Oh, where the, the, the he needed to score the own goal. Oh, what the fuck are you oh, doing? Oh, you long head bastard! Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was screaming at the TV. I was trying to head the ball away myself, you know. Um, but oh my word, heart, heart, hand him out everything, and I'm sitting there like praying beside the TV. Um, <laughs> and I was just so relieved when it and, and he must have as well. That was like that would have been a calamity because with that head, I was saying to me, Dad, I know he's desperate for a goal, but bloody hell, <laughs> he didn't want that desperately. <laughs> Imagine that <laughs> <the> first <laughs> goal back and own goal. But, uh, uh, we managed to hang on two one. Really good result. Uh, I think we're eleventh now because Arsenal beat Man U. Man U are currently fifteenth in the league. <laughs> what? Sorry. <laughs> But, um, no, the, there's, a crash. there's a crash! There's a crash in the M62. It's Ollie. There's someone at the wheel, is he? But um, oh god, it, it, it's a it's a good win for, for Newcastle. I didn't, as I say at the top of the podcast, I didn't expect would have beat Everton at all. But yeah, we've managed to managed to to play really well. Uh, another yeah. honourable mention for the game today, though, mate, it's got to be Jacob Murphy because yeah. We've, We've constantly talked about right backs as a potential weakness. When he's at right wing back, and you've got Jamal Lewis at left wing back, and they're, they're pushing forward together, I don't think we'll have that much of a weakness at right wing back when he's there because he's got that ability to go forward. He works really hard. He's got that bit of bottle about him, and he actually he's not he's not bad defensively. Don't get us wrong; he's got a long way to go. He's been turned a couple of times here and there. He got turned against Wolves, and he got turned once today, but. He's in a new position, isn't he? And he's learning it, but he's learning quickly. But what I would say is, you know, we have been critical again about Murphy before, as we have with Hayden, and you hold your hands up when they turn it round. But perhaps, you know, we signed him for a lot of money. Um, perhaps it was a little bit too early. He's gone out on loan. I've spoken to uh, some of the locals down here about him, Sheffield Wednesday supporters and all. Uh, they were gutted that they didn't get him back, by the way. And boy, you know, have they missed him. But you know he's got the right attitude. Um, he's willing to accept his role in the team. He knows he probably won't play week in, week out. He's willing to play whatever position, and he gives it his all. He, he's he's an, you know he cares passionately a, a, about the club and the badge, and I think that helps. Uh, and he's playing for his future, mate. He's playing for his absolute future. Uh, you know I don't think Mankio's done a a lot particularly wrong. Um, I think Crafts looked probably better at centre back than he's looked at on the right hand side. But you know, playing the free at the back, it gives you license to have somebody like him who's who's quick, he's nippy, who's who's keen, uh, who's a grafter to be able to go up, up and up and down. And and certainly, what he lacks defensively, offensively, he offers you a lot. Uh, you know, going forward, and uh, you, you know, again, it's all about pace, isn't it, in those wide areas? And if you've got pace. You can create issues and problems, and he, he does have it. But yeah, he, he's he's playing he's playing for his future, mate. He's playing for a new contract, uh, you know, at, at a club that he, he cares about. Because if, if it doesn't come off for him here, 
will he be stuck at it? No disrespect to Sheffield Wednesday, because I'll probably get some pelters around here for it. Um, Don't say too loud <laughs> Yeah, I have to whisper it, but uh, you, you know, uh, will he get stuck? Hide the window. If I t- don't want to put my windows out. I'm struggling to get a kitchen in, so I don't want <laughs> any more uh, builders needed. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, he does have to fight for his future and his and his contract, and to be able to stay at Newcastle. So yeah, again, impressed by the lad, impressed by his attitude, his application, and how he'll play and do pretty much everything Bruce says, and he's buying into what Bruce is is, is serving up. You know, uh, we've talked about the negative side of Steve, Steve <laughs> Bruce, but it, you know, he he seems to he seems to be liking it. Um, so yeah, long long may the good form uh, continue. But the likes of Van Keo, who sat on the bench, uh, probably twiddling the thumbs and saying, "Ah, drat." It it, yeah. it puts the pressure on them, mate, because when they come in, they know that they can't afford to drop the performances because again. He is putting all sorts of pressure, you know, all over them. But yeah, today, very honourable mentions. I thought the entire back three looked particularly good. Uh, Jacob Murphy looked really, really good. Sean Mobile, which is the complete opposite of what John Joe Shelby's looked recently. But Hendricks was okay. I thought Miggy was fantastic. His work effort, that lad, he's like the the um, the Everest bunny. He's like here, there, he's everywhere. He doesn't yeah. stop. Callum Wilson is uh, he's a he's a handsome he's a handsome boy. He knows what's what, and 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 his banter afterwards in uh, in all the uh, interviews and stuff that he's done, cracking. Just seems like a top top lad, and he's the best thing we've had in in a long you know a long time. And we've certainly been screaming out for him since uh, Solomon Rondon uh, yeah, went. Point. You know, have a focal point in a in a, in a, a good quality striker up top. And, and look at the difference that it it gets by signing proven. Premier League quality rather than taking um, pot shots on the likes of Ashraf, Lazar and co. And just whilst I, I'm, I'm actually on, on about one of the, the other players who uh, is out on, um, well, he's never been my favourite player, but he's a member of, of our football club. I always supported him every time he's gone over the white line, even though he's frustrated me at times. Just a big shout out for Christian Natsu. He's lost his mum recently. Um, and again, that's, that's not, He's in a difficult spot uh, at the club and stuff at the moment. He hasn't got the move and stuff that he needed. So just a big shout out as well. Another player um, who's got a lot to prove. Don't know what's going to happen with regards to January. He might come back in and be included in the squad. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But yeah, big shout out to Christian Natsu and his family at these uh, at these difficult times. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I echo that myself. Um, must be must be an even work. Like I know we've spoke about difficulties this week with moving house and stuff. I can't imagine what he's going through. I really can't. Yeah. I mean, if there is going to be a like a, a negative bit on this on, on this podcast this week, it'll probably be this. But yeah, rest in peace to Atu's mom. And I wish him nothing not, with him and his family nothing but uh, condolences and stuff like that. Definitely, it must, be a, must be a really difficult time. But um, well, I'll. I'll a little bit on a little bit on Callum Wilson because um, I, I love yeah, this. Yeah, I, I, I really, honestly, I've got a proper man love for this for this man. <laughs> um, he's he's the new big beautiful man. In fact, he's the big beautiful beautiful man. Um, number thirteen, Callum Wilson. It's got a nice little ring to it. Uh, he should be with number nine, but uh, it's one of them. I mean. Seven appearances, six goals, one assist. He's averaging one contribution every game, which is 
in a defensive Newcastle team is absolutely out of out of out of this world. Um, considering the the problems that were faced under Bruce playing too deep and stuff, for him to match a goal or an assist every game he's played for the club is is mental to me. Um, he's he's a breath of fresh air, and for twenty million pound, Paul, an absolute yeah bargain, absolute Deal. bargain. Look at the chip we wasted money on, mate. In the past, look look at the yeah, Albert Lucas of the world. Uh, you know where we pumped all this money in, in, into strikers. Uh, and they haven't been able to hit the side of a band or, you, you know, historically we wasted so, so much to sign somebody like him, proven, can come in, do what it says on the tin, score goals, he plays with a smile on his face, he doesn't get the tit on. It was a bit grumpy coming off today because he was on a hat-trick and stuff. I like yeah. that. He's a selfish bastard, he's a goal-hanger, he's a nappy-liner, he's all of those sort of things. He's in the right place at the right time. Southgate, you're an absolute fucking tool for not having him in the England squad. It's better for us, let's be honest, because it reduces the risk of injury, gives them time to to heal up and stuff like that. So great on, on a, I mean, I'm selfish Newcastle all the way. I'd rather Newcastle win the League Cup than England win the World Cup. So I, I, I love it. But you know, Southgate, I think you're an absolute muppet though for not picking him. He's uh, he offers you something, and he's so so willing. He grafts ever so hard. He feeds on scraps. Imagine him, in, in again, in, in in a side where you're having 60-70% possession. He would score an absolute shitload. Um, he's doing wonders on the service that he's already getting in at the moment. He's scoring penalties, focal points, scoring other goals. Uh, he is great. And, and definitely, whoever recommended signing him, if it's Bruce, I'll take me out of TSD, Bruce, for that. I think you've got a lot wrong this season, but I think certainly with the regards to Ryan Fraser and Callum Wilson, you've got a massive, 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 big positive. Um, or three of his signings on the top of that second goal, Lewis to Fraser to, to Wilson for that for that second one, like so. Yeah, Be- beauty. It was a lovely. As soon as you saw the pass, I was like, "Go on, get on!" And then as soon as he, he got in behind him, I'm like, "Come on!" You just you're just praying for for the right cross, and you knew as soon as it, it, the, the, literally as soon as that ball left his. His book, you knew Callum Wilson was going to be all over it because he, he's a proper striker. He's not like Joe Linton. Uh, Wilson is obsessed with goals. Joe Linton is Joe Linton. He's, he's, he's the only Brazilian he's probably not obsessed with it. But it's just a different different mentality. There's a hunger and an anger and a rage inside of him to prove it that he's the best and just to yeah. keep scoring goal after goal. I think there's only... Is there three more players who scored more goals than um, this season so far? And one of them will be like... Um, well, they'll nearly be like uh, uh, Arsenal Son. and like Liverpool Son, players. Army like, like, Sahad. 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 Sahad's only scored a couple. Um, but... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Wilson's just such a breath of fresh air, man. Um, the the best strike I've probably seen since I see that Remy or Demba ball. Like, I think he's better than Rondon. I think I, I think it's unfair to I think he's un, unfair to compare him to Rondon because Rondon's like a more of a, a target man and Andy Carroll type of foil player. Um, don't mm. get us wrong, Rondon's a million times better than Andy Carroll ever was. But like, yeah, yeah, like. I think them two would be more of a more of a force together. Could you imagine Rondon and um and and Colin Wilson together? And we're we're Fraser on the left, um and and Maxi on the right. It would be we could have signed them. 
You could have signed them two players page for what Julian cost. <laughs> oh god, I'm off to have a fucking drink, mate. Oh, I tell you, that, that's just that's 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 uh, yeah, that's that's lowered the tone down a little bit. No, no, we're still over the moon, but he is, yeah, definitely. He's one of the best strikers we've had in a long time. Uh, yeah. He's everything that we need him to be. We can't afford him to be missing chances, mate, and stuff like that. And he doesn't. He's right place, right time. Uh, and he played. He plays happy. I can't wait just to be in the ground when he scores, so he can feel the warmth of all the fans towards him because he hasn't experienced that yet. Uh, and we haven't experienced one of his goals live. I mean, yeah, it's it's it's, it's coming on to um, nearly 10, 11 months, mate, since we last seen a goal at St James's Park, Hayden against Chelsea. But who knows, mate? We might get there. I don't know if it's next year. I don't know if it's three years from now. I don't know whenever it'll be. All I can tell you is, is we, we've got a lot of lot of such stuff sorted over the past couple of weeks to for that. So when it does come back, we can go away, we can go home, home games. Because um, obviously we want to do podcasts on on the way back or on the way to games and stuff. So we've managed to facilitate that a lot more. But there'll be more on that soon. When the football's back, we'll probably do a podcast as an update just to tell you what's going on with us and stuff. But um that's been another edition of the Anyone for Bacon podcast. I hope you've uh, enjoyed this week. Obviously, Newcastle picking up three point three points helps, but uh, with Paul Paul moving and stuff at the minute, and me with uni, um, with a couple of deadlines the next couple of weeks and stuff, uh, it's been it's been kind of a weekly podcast. But once everything gets sorted out and stuff, we'll be back on to a couple of podcasts per week. But uh, we'll love you and leave you for now. And um, yeah, Newcastle pick up three points. Happy days. Cheer of Jordan Pickford. Oh, what can it mean uh, for a sad Macken bastard with a shite football team? Nah, go on, go on. Visit your in-laws down there, 19, and bugger off. <laughs> See you later, everyone. Keep it soon.